You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, good evening. Thank you for listening to episode 75 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Good Friday, Friday the 7th of April, and my name is Charlotte Greenway. A truly international podcast this week as we've had contributions from England, Ireland, the US, Argentina and Australia. And it's in Australia where we're going to start this episode and with the huge clash that everyone down under has been talking about as nine-time Group 1 winner Animo takes on a serious international challenger for the first time in William Haggis's Dubai Honour. Dubai Honour won a Group 1 on his first and only start in Australia three weeks ago. And since then, the Aussies have been counting down the days to tomorrow's Queen Elizabeth Stakes at Randwick, where their superstar will get the opportunity to prove the sceptics wrong, who question what Animo has actually beaten so far in his career. William Haggis has had successful raids down under before with the likes of a Dave and Nick spoke to him earlier in the week to find out what the atmosphere has been like ahead of this race. Well, they're, they're sort of building it up a bit, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, there's enormous press coverage um, from my angle. They seem to have never left me alone since I've been here. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, this is their big horse and they're hoping that he, he will show that on Saturday. Well, you spent like most of last year in the in the media in the media glare in the UK. You can't escape to Australia and <laughs> and expect to be left alone. I guess. Uh, well, I guess this is the the problem with having nice horses. But yeah, I, I haven't been here for, for uh, since the horses started winning here. So yeah, I guess that was bound to happen. Yeah, we were talking to Jason Richardson on the podcast the other day, and he said the excitement levels just just huge. It must give you a bit of a kick actually to think that you know, the, that this whole enterprise has contributed to to really in, increasing the interest in these big races. Yeah, I think as I said it to someone today, uh, there's a Japanese horse in the race too. I said if, if the Japanese and and our horses had stayed stayed at home, Animo would be six or seven to one on, and uh, and this has created a bit more interest, and now they've sort of got them equal favourites at the moment. Uh, it, it was actually quite hard. It, a bit like it was with Very Elegant, I suppose, and to a certain extent with Winks to know yeah, how they're going to match up to, to UK-based based horses. On what you've seen of Animo so far, what do you think of him as a sort of genuine international group or grade one horse? Well, he's a, he's a pretty good horse, Nick. He's won nine group ones, seven of them this year. Um, so he's 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 pretty smart. He's beaten everything that's put in, put in front of him uh, recently. So uh, you know, I don't take him lightly at all. Uh, I was have to say I wasn't blown away by his win in the seven and a half furlong race last time. Uh, it was the same day as Dubai Honor, um, and he you know, but the eighth horse was beaten about two lengths. And his last three furlongs were slower than Dubai Honours. And I think that's what's got them all going. When Dubai Honour won the round bet, he, he ran his last three furlongs quicker than the, the, than Animo did and the Golden Slipper, which was, um, uh, not the Golden Slipper, uh, yes. Yeah. Some two year old race yeah. anyway that was on. So yes, it was the Golden yeah, Slipper on the same day. So, 
that's, I think that's why they've got they've got a bit they're hyping him off a bit. Here's one for you: the the most ratings organisations have um, Dubai Honours win in the in the Ranvet when beat a, a pretty useful but pretty exposed uh, mayor called Montefilia uh, very easily. Have got have got that as a career best performance. Do you think it was a career best performance? It looked like it to me. I, you know, it was on a pretty fast ground, which I didn't think he liked. He certainly didn't like it last year in England, um, and he, all his form as a three year old is on soft ground. So, um, but it looked pretty good to me, and it, it, I have to say, caught me by surprise a bit. Okay, so on wetter ground this weekend, likely to be wet. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, pretty strange place for weather, this. Um, uh, it was forecast to be dry today. It tanked it down for about half an hour this morning. Um, and the ground is a, is already a heavy 10. Uh, but it, we had a drying day yesterday, and there is a drying day forecast tomorrow. But I think that the weather people here are about as accurate as they are at home. And... Um, you know, it's it's difficult to know. I think there's some rain coming Friday. They they tell me it'll be something like a soft seven, but it can dry quickly here if it gets the chance. Um, so fingers crossed he can run well. How important is it for you to have Tom Markwind back in back in business? Oh, it's fantastic! It's fantastic to have him. Um, he's great. He is, and and they love him here. And um, you know, the horse won't get beaten because of who's on who's riding him. How are the other little group getting on? I saw protagonist ran round the other day was beaten seven or eight lengths in in mid div at, at Randwick in the in the Doncaster yeah, Mile. He didn't like the ground, and they went they went so slowly. I think when the ground's heavy, they don't really like going very fast. Um, but they went so slowly, he never got a chance. He's actually going to back up in the in the Queen Elizabeth as well because it's his last run, and uh, then he's going to go off to Brisbane and be trained by Chris Lees at Newcastle. So. Uh, he's running with Karen McAvoy aboard, uh, but I think the best we can hope for is is, is getting placed, um, which would be a sensational run. Um, and we're running Purple Pay in a Group 1 race. Um, she's drawn a bit wide in 14, but she loves soft ground, and she's going to run in some blinkers. She's woken up a bit um, for her first race, mind if she needed to. And uh, and she's got the blinkers on, which should suit her. But uh, alcohol freeze in the race, drawn two. So I would think if she's anywhere near her best, she will be winning. Now to get an Australian point of view on the big clash, Nick caught up with Channel 7's Jason Richardson to find out what the excitement's been like from his side ahead of tomorrow's race. Oh, I've got to say, mate, it has really captured the imagination because... Um, We've got a, a legitimate contender to Adamo. To put it into perspective, Adamo has a, has a nine-time Group 1 winner. He's the most successful Group 1 winning horse in Godolphin's racing history. Adamo is to go to race uh, in Europe and race at Royal Ascot, and you think the Queen Anne would be the race that they would target. So 2,000 metres testing ground at Ramwick because we've had a bit of rain around um, up against Dubai Honour. I know some of your audience would be, well, he's only a legitimate Group 2 horse when in Europe. But now that he's been gelded, I think he is really furnished here in Australia. And William Haggis has done that with the day of Tom Marquand will jump on board. So the comparisons with the Dayab are certainly there. And Tom's saying, hey, this guy's uh, he's as nippy as a Dayab. Don't worry about that. So 
We love the battle between Adaib and Very Elegant. We're going to see it now with Dubai Honor up against Animo. And then you'll throw in a little a little wild card will be thrown into the mix when you consider Unicorn Lion, the uh, the Japanese horse with uh, Yoshida Yahagi travelling a couple of horses out for the championships out here in Australia as well. So this big autumn carnival keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's uh, very international. Cleveland will be a short price favourite in the Sydney Cup, which is worth $3 million, uh, up against the likes of, uh, of Gear Up or Gear Up may run in, in um, the 2000 metre Queen Elizabeth. So that's going to be really interesting to watch all the various uh, all the various gallopers from all around the world uh, on wet ground, I think. I think it's fair to say it'll be wet ground by the time we get to Saturday. As mentioned by Jason there, Gear Up will line up alongside Animo and Dubai Honour in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Previously with Mark and Charlie Johnston, where he won a Group 1 at 2 before moving to Joseph O'Brien, he's now trained in Australia by Annabelle Nisham. Owned by Team Valley Racing, who also have New Marion in the same race, and their racing manager Richard Ryan spoke to Nick this morning about the chance of either of them causing an upset. Well, I, 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 I'm not so sure that that's possibly on the agenda, but um, the, the, the prize money down to um, 12th, uh, is fabulous, as as is the case with a number of uh, significant races in Australia. And um, we've it's part of our strategy as owners um, to avail ourselves of of those uh, those pots if if we've got a horse good enough to go down. And, and we'll be adding to that string um, by the end of the year with our European draft um, of with the horses of the right caliber um, and targeting other pots. So uh, in this instance, we feel that it's a short straight at Randwick, only two, 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 um, two, uh, two furlongs, just over two furlongs. Uh, and, and off that bend with a forward-going horse, you know, the, the, there's always a little bit of scrimmaging in looking for, for clear clear passages for a run, by which time horses that, that are of top group standard that can go along at the, their own gallop can actually put um, those better horses slightly under pressure to to find that better run. So that's the theory behind it. Um, and I would like to think one of the two would pick up a reasonable slice of the pots, uh, making it fully justified en route to their own significant targets that are, are that are probably more realistic. Now back to Europe and switching codes, as on Monday afternoon at 5pm, the runners for the Irish Grand National will be jumping off at Fairy House. Long-time favourite for this race has been J.P. McManus's The Devil's Coachman, and he's only seven and a second season novice, but could well still be ahead of the handicapper of 147, which is five pounds below his hurdles mark. And here's his trainer, Noel Mead, with an update on how the horse has been getting on. Yeah, we are very happy with him at the moment. Um, everything's gone well since it's run in Limerick, and uh, like he really has all has worked on now and everything's gone smoothly were you ever tempted to send him to Aintree um not really no um we sort of uh played him kind of quietly this year um and and uh he it sort of worked out fairly well for us and uh no, not really. Not really. No, this look, this looks a, this looks a good spot for him at this stage of his career. He's also very effective with with plenty of of giving the ground. How soft do you expect it to be, Monday? 
Well, the forecast now at the moment is for it to rain again on Sunday night and, and on Monday. So the ground unlike most years, is coming from a soft position, if you know what I mean. It's been heavy yeah. all week. So it's not like as if we've been looking for rain to soften it up. We're, we're looking for rain to sort of keep it soft. So it, I think the ground will be okay. And just just looking at his, his chasing starts, um, no, most of the time he's been beating relatively small fields I mean, in good races. Do you think he's got the street wisdom, if you like, for the cut and thrust of an Irish national, which I always think can sometimes look even more... Um, hurly burly than a than a national itself. Oh, there's no question that is the that is that is a serious serious concern. You know, like I mean, uh, if he was slow over the first four, the race could be over by the time he goes a half a mile. You know, uh, he was slow at the last day uh, over the first couple, but he warmed into it very well. Um, but I think, I think. Um, the race the last day, although we got a two-pound penalty, I think the experience was worth the two-pound, or the two-pound was worth the experience, whatever way you want to see it, so, uh, or say it. So I think that w- the race will only be a help to him if he, he jumped out well in the end. And who else are you going to declare for the Irish national? Um, Fasser Delage is the other one uh, who will probably run. I Deal Carr is going to uh, entry. Entry for, ah. the, for, for the entry national and now lieutenant command wants good ground and it's possible he might be declared all right uh, but he'd, he'd have to have good ground and that's because if he doesn't go there he'd go to entry for the top for the top and where you will get I think some nice ground Joining the Devil's Coachman could be top weight Royal Pagai. However, he still holds an entry in the Aintree Grand National next weekend. So Nick put a call into Rich Ritchie's racing manager, Joe Chambers, earlier to find out which way they're currently leaning. At the moment, I'd say we're leaning towards Ireland, and that's purely because of what the respective ground conditions are at Fairy House and at Aintree. Um, Fairy House yesterday was soft to heavy, heavy in places and looks as though they're going to get a fair bit of rain on Saturday night into Sunday and again on Monday morning. Aintree looks as though, you may know better than I do, looks as though it's kind of good ground almost with a little bit of good to soft in it on the national course based on a report I saw yesterday. Yeah, I think Saleka was calling it good to soft, good on the Nash and, and good, good to soft on the mild, man. That would pretty well tally with how it felt when I, I had a walk around on, on Tuesday. It was absolutely beautiful ground. But it's definitely not soft as things stand at the moment. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm not trying to argue that he's well in in either place. He he runs up one six three in the national in in entry, and he got dropped three pounds for the gold cup, which um to one sixty, uh, and he runs up one sixty at Fairy House. Um, so slightly shorter trip, regulation fences rather than national fences. I thought he probably put in his best round the most consistent round of jumping at least in the gold cup since we've had him so you know do you try and mess with that and and, and shoot for the big one at entry um or do you um perhaps lower your sights a little bit in terms of the quality of the race but be potentially wide open to a few that have been laid out for for the irish national um i don't know so but i think we always said we'd follow the ground and follow the weather and it looks as though as we talk now on friday morning that it's going to be that bit wetter and softer at fairy house so 
we have until tomorrow morning the horse wouldn't travel until Saturday evening or even Sunday morning so we do have a bit of time on our side up to declarations at 10 o'clock tomorrow all right, you've got a um, Rich and Susanna Richie have got a stack of entries over the over the weekend, so it could be um, fun and games at Fairy House. Who are you most looking forward to seeing out? Um, we've got Allegory Devasi back out tomorrow in a mare's in a mare's uh, handicap chase. Um, she'll find it tough to beat Limerick Lace, I think, on that ground, um, and it's also over two five in a bit, so it's a little bit longer. Uh, we'd probably be keen to see her come back and trip rather than go out, but. Um, it is Willie we are talking about after all and that's where his pin has dropped for this weekend so we shall see Haransa Dairy goes in the 100 grand handicap hurdle the Ribo handicap hurdle he's, he's, he is still a maiden having been second for us three times but an opening mark of 128 I think gives him a chance uh, Animix goes in the Hunter's Chase tomorrow He, uh, if he can finish in the first three it'll make him eligible for the Fox Hunters at Aintree next season and he was obviously second I think it was in the top of last year off top weight so he's a horse that we'll probably put in a thoroughbred sale or something similar in a month's time and if he had that qualification with him would appeal to a lot of people Mr Policeman is a uh, horse that we bought at an octave sale last summer uh, he had a little setback around the middle of winter he'll run in the conditions hurdle hopefully at Cork um, what else have we got? Who well, you, you still haven't given you still haven't given me the right answer to the question, which is who are you most looking forward to seeing? You've mentioned about seven horses, and you've not mentioned drum roll, please. Well, I've only got as far as Saturday, but we normally have my fish on a Friday, Nick. But it looks as though there's every chance we might have some monk fish on Monday. Ah, oh, it's ridiculous. Is he actually going to run? Um. He's had a few away days, and you know, as I said to you before, we don't talk about it an awful lot. But there's every chance I think that you know, assuming he doesn't trot on a stone between now and Monday, that he will run. And Willie also put him in the uh, the World Hurdle at um, at Punchestown um, in a few weeks' time as well. So yeah, I think there is every chance that he will run. Yes, monkfish. He really he lives and breathes, and he is going to run a fairy house on Monday in the Raff Barry and Glenview Studs Hurdle. Grade two. Now that it's exciting to have him back, isn't it? It'll be wonderful to get him back. Um, you know, it's been softly, softly, and I know he's been a narrative that has been running through the um, up for best sports cast Nick Luck pod daily um, for the last few months. But um, we'd love to see him back. I think Willie has been pretty patient as he is um, with these types of projects and. The fact that he has put him in the grade one three-mile hurdle at Punchestown as well gives us a lot of confidence that when he says he's doing everything right, he, he must be doing everything right. The return we've all been waiting for. Might he pose the biggest threat to Gallop Handichon in next year's Gold Cup? Time will tell. Thank you once again for listening to the Saturday edition. Nick will be back with you on Monday morning as we build up to the world's most famous steeplechase, the Aintree Grand National, and all the stars that are set to be on show in the lead-up. Happy Easter and enjoy the weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.